0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Surge and Shelly. I'm Surge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Surge. And today we cover, will the metaverse change the way you recruit? We're overlooking a large group of men when it comes to recruitment. Going back to old school when it comes to advertising for jobs? And how many is too many when it comes to screening questions? Shelly, how is it going?
1: This is probably one of the happiest days of my life. It's semester break in Germany. So Parker flew home yesterday and he's my first to fly out of the nest, right? (laughs) And go across the world. But it's so incredible just to have him home. Well, is this the
0: first time he's been home since he left to Germany? Yes. It's the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He left us September 1st.
0: So how is he feeling coming back home? Did he feel like anything changed? It hasn't been that long, but. Well, six remember. months.
1: So the longest he's ever been away. One of the things he said to me, which makes perfect sense, is just so good not to have to think about everything you say, you know, being able to speak English and just uh, speak. It just felt like such a relief because in, in Germany, he's always having to think in German, but mm. Yeah. What's well, going been, on in your world, Serge?
0: Well, I am in Moncton, New Brunswick, which is my hometown. I have not been here in almost three years. So I haven't seen my parents in a long time. So it's been really great to. Have you seen them? Yeah. Well, I oh, you have
1: them. been home. Oh yeah, my God, been, this is uh, homecoming week.
0: It's homecoming week. It's great to see my parents and just there's different because obviously we FaceTime a lot and I I can't wait for them to see their grandkids because they haven't seen the twins since they were three months old. So we'll be coming around pretty soon, but traveling across the country with three-year-olds and the six-year-old is is not the easiest thing in the middle of a pandemic. It's been fascinating because Moncton's not a very big city. It's it's 200,000, I think the population.
1: Oh, Oh, Uh, gosh. I didn't realize it was that small.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it small. And where I came from is a place called Maroon Cook, which is around 4,000. Nothing has really changed because I, I grew up here, spent the first 20 years and I. but it's, it's kind of deja vu. Next time I'll come up, I'll meet with my old friends. This time we're pretty busy in meetings and but it's always good. It's coming back home, right?
1: It's the yeah. sun comes back home. It is. I can relate to probably how your mom is feeling, like how wonderful it is for her. Yeah. I Nobody think- could have explained that to me until you're a parent and you experience it. So I'm having a great week. So our topics, the metaverse, Serge, kick us off on this one. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this because I,
0: I did see an article from the Blue Ivy group, and I, I've been following what's going on with the metaverse and how it will potentially impact what we do in recruitment. When people ask what is the metaverse, they've probably heard about rebranding Facebook to meta. We are in the middle of a shift from web 2.0 to web 3.0, which is
1: mm. I, like, I think that, someone What is per- that. Uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Somebody explain it to me. Can you mansplain this to me, please? I
0: hate mansplaining anything (laughs) that I don't fully understand. So I I will do my my best at this. Web 2.0 is really social media when it came to how we use the internet, how we interact with each other. Web 3.0 is a little bit different. The interactions, everything are going to be completely different. How we leverage social media now will change. We're going to be in situations with, say, Oculus or or any type of those headsets that you're actually in that environment. We might poo-poo it as we hear it, right? Like you're thinking like, there's no way I'm ever going to wear mm-hmm. those damn goggles and look like a complete fool. But the prediction is in five years, 40% of business will be in the metaverse and will be doing some type of business. There's large opportunity when it comes to training, when it comes to uh, even retail, think about you're shopping, you're in a store, not in real life and looking at product. Can you feel it? I don't know. It's every sense
1: but touch. Is it not? Do you know what? I agree. Like most people are going, oh, bullshit. What we're thinking is the only thing we know now. No one ever foresaw just how enormous social media, what it was going to do to society. But do you know, because maybe my generation for sure. I'll own this. To me, this sounds like horseshit. Nobody's ever going to do that. People aren't going to live in this virtual world. However, if you have kids, specifically maybe sons, or daughters um, that are gamers, this makes total sense to them. 100%. If you've ever seen how intense... Some of these games are where you create your own kind of reality, your character. This is totally on point for how they would want to interact with the world. And you think about this an entire generation that grew up on online games.
0: There is. And this is an environment they're comfortable with. And yeah. we, like, we, we can't shy away from it because there's massive benefits when it comes to the world of work. You think about how remote has really changed the game since COVID. This is not going away. And is the metaverse a really good way to change the environment? I think we're all really tired of Zoom meetings, but the thought of driving. Yeah. It's funny. I saw a post by Michelle Berg, who's been a co-host, and she was telling her personal story of, of going to meetings, right? Everything. Like she wasted so much time in the commute going there, getting stuck in traffic, not finding parking. No one wants to go back to that. Is the metaverse a way to be a blend of both? You're actually in the environment. There's more interaction than there would be just over Zoom. It's it's a little bit yeah. different. That can be one of the assets
1: how do you think this is going to affect how we recruit? It's almost beyond my imagination, how this could evolve. I'm not a gamer, right? Like I've never done that complete immersion into a game where you honestly could not pull your kids off that game. So to me, it's hard to imagine. What impact do you think this will have on recruitment and talent acquisition? It's
0: really hard to put the concept together, right? Because, yeah, we're both not in the metaverse. It's something that I have done limited research, but I think as talent acquisition professionals, we're always looking at what's coming, how is it going to impact our our business? There's a couple of things that I think will have a definite impact is we've talked about that the world of recruiting, there's really no limitation of where and how you can hire. There's so many Uh, different providers that can help you. But with the metaverse, there's really no limit on talent demographics. Everything is going to be a non-physical office and virtual teams are going to be able to hire internationally, but kind of sit in the same room. That makes sense because you're creating your own avatar that represents what you feel represents you. It doesn't matter where you are. I know we're starting to see that, but the next phase of being able to work anywhere in the world, I think the metaverse will definitely have an impact on it. We talk a lot about career (laughs) fairs. We hate career fairs, both of us, but how interesting would it be to have your hiring events done on the metaverse. I don't know how well it will work, but I'm thinking companies that are hiring thousands of people need a lot of volume. There's definitely a benefit that would be more personalized to what we're doing with a Zoom virtual event or like a real face-to-face. Yeah, what do you think? I think it, you th-
1: it'll be novel at first, for yeah. sure. Here's what I see is this is all very much a reality already. We're a little naive as to just how advanced technology is. But here's a reality for us in talent acquisition. We can go out and recruit people from any part of the world. Then we've got to go back and get legal on side. How can we do this? How do we verify this person is who they say they are? And the other thing that is really going to be slow to catch up is going to be compensation, right? Like we can't figure out how to pay people and motivate them properly, even in the real world compensation is going to take some time to catch up. It's beginning to shift everything in terms of how we reward and pay people. So once you deep dive on that, maybe you can explain it a little better for me
0: too. Let me just cover a couple other things that I thought yes. was interesting. How to leverage it, how we advertise, it's going to be completely different. Where you advertise, where people congregate together in a virtual way is going to have an impact on what type of messaging. And for job seekers, there's tons of opportunity as well as, how can we present information to them that they can dig in deeper while they are in in that virtual reality this is something we're going to keep an eye out and start doing a ton of research because web3 is is the future Mm -hmm. we're seeing it with blockchain and nfts the metaverse is really the next phase into it In the next five years, we're going to see this become a a big part of a reality. But let's jump into something that maybe is more standard and something that uh, we have better understanding is. We talk a lot about how challenging the demand and supply when it comes to the labor market. And we're always looking at different ways to find people if there's no people. But we have ignored uh, a significant part mm-hmm. of the population that have just not been employed. And those have been men. And a lot of these men that have been unemployed, especially in the U.S., it can be something as, as stupid as, They got pulled over and they had weed and and they got arrested. And now that is on their record and it becomes really hard for them to hire. When we talk about diversity, equity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. criminal records is something that needs to be part of that because we Mm -hmm. are discriminating potentially people that have made bad decisions or have done something that we have all done and just got caught. Now it's really hard for them to get an employee and they might be extremely qualified. What's your whole take here?
1: Okay. So first of all, I'm going to challenge you here to, it does not belong in a DE&I category. Okay. No, you made a choice to break the law. You knew you were breaking the law versus being born a person of color or any other diversity, equity, and inclusion group. This doesn't belong. Is there bias? Absolutely. This is a, a sector of society that we have decided are pariahs. We have decided that we can't trust them. We have decided as a society that people who have been arrested or have a criminal record don't belong in mainstream, which only perpetuates the problem. There are not-for-profit organizations that will help put people back on track. Because when I look at this category, you're absolutely right. Probably some of our best potential here in Canada or the US is young men. There's a lot of times where you made some stupid mistakes as a young person, you know, before weed was legal here in Canada. How many people have a criminal record for having a couple ounces of pot on them that they were sharing, that they now have a trafficking of illegal substance on their record? What are we doing for people like that? Will they remain on the lower rung of society? There are some wonderful organizations that will help young people, specifically that have made dumbass mistakes, get back on track.
0: When I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, when it comes to this particular topic, I still stand by it because in Canada and the U.S., African-American men have been arrested for marijuana possession at an equivalent of almost 10 times what white men are. And you can't tell me the disparity. If you look at the population, there is definitely an element that Black men have been put in tougher situations that white men would not have been arrested for. They would have either um, not even been asked or pulled over. So I I get where you're coming from, but that's where... That's where my mindset is on that. I see.
1: Okay, yeah. So I, I guess I'm just super sensitive to lumping everything into, yeah, um, the DE and I category. But the bottom line is, we do have a large population, whether it's Canada or U.S., of those that have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to see them as unworthy of employment, we continue to contribute to the problem.
0: So, how do we approach this? I, I think a lot of recruiters would agree that we have to look at that segment. But where the challenge is, is a lot of executives. And and, first of all, in right, in that ju- and legal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the legal right.
1: department. Well, so do you know what? Those of us who've decided we have to recruit under the Rules and regulations of the organization. It then becomes an understanding of recency and relevancy. Yeah. How relevant is someone who was arrested at the age of, you know, nineteen for having an ounce of pot on them or something? How relevant is that to the job that they're applying for today? And and how recent was it? Like, was it? last year, last month, or was it 10 years ago? We need to be realistic. That ties nicely into one of the things I want to talk about here is screening candidates out. If someone is advised early in the process that there will be a criminal background check, will they even bother applying for your job? You're being intentional about excluding them. What companies are looking for are things like theft. If you're an accountant and you went to prison for embezzlement, Nobody wants to hire you as an accountant. Doesn't mean you wouldn't be good doing something else, but certainly nowhere near money. Versus if you need manufacturing laborers and the only charge this person had was possession and it was five years ago, still they're not even going to apply. No, they they won't apply. apply to your job.
0: No. Why waste your time and go through that embarrassment as well, right? There's that angst that, and they're going to call me out. It's going to embarrass me. It's a hard story to tell. First of all, should we be doing criminal background checks? I think what I'm hearing from you is yes, but use your judgment as far as the relevancy and how long ago it was. That makes a lot of sense to me, but should we be doing criminal background checks like across the board
1: or does it matter in the type of role? I don't know if you can say for these roles, we do a criminal background check for these roles. We don't, I think it it's an all or nothing. Yeah. We should have an employment lawyer on speed dial here because I believe you can't discriminate. Either everyone has to have a criminal background check or no one, mm. right? If you say only those who are in accounting have to have a credit check, that would make sense because it's relevant to the job. But when it comes to criminal background, I think it's more policy of the company. Well, let's table that and get our employment lawyer. Rick, we'll get him to chime in on that.
0: Sounds good.
1: Here's something I've been noticing, Serge, and I don't know if it's true across Canada when I'm driving or sometimes in the morning, have the radio on. Right. The morning radio shows are pretty funny and it's a great way to start my day. But you know what I've noticed is full on job ads apply today. We are hiring. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how effective is this? I know you're out in Moncton this week. What, have you noticed? Are no. they doing it there too?
0: Well, the, the thing is, I never listen to radio. If I'm going in my car, it's either listening to yeah. podcasts, satellite radio, my own music, but I was driving here in Moncton, New Brunswick, not a big place. I heard an ad of someone advertising the job. It was like a manufacturing plant. And they gave no instruction of how or where. There was no call to action. And maybe the brand is so well known that people know they go to the website or... Do you remember who it
1: was? The only reason I ask is I've heard the same ad probably 10 times. And I'm struggling to remember the name of the company other than Loblaws because Loblaws has done some really good advertising as to why drive for them because they approach the job. Like what we would recommend in, in recruitment marketing is be authentic and talk about what your culture is like. It's really interesting how well they're doing it. And then the other ads are for roofing companies or door manufacturers and stuff like that. And they're like, are you a professional door installer? We want you to come work for us. And I'm just like cringing. Oh my God, you guys, please stop doing that.
0: So I get it, right? I, I get why they're doing it. The methods that they've used recently has not worked because what's happening online is people are going, checking out the company or their apply process is so weak that they've been losing those cannings. Their first approach is like, well, radio used to work and billboard used to work and There is some validity to that. Like everything that is old is new again, and everything that becomes uncommon now becomes somewhere you can target because that's not where everyone is. There's value in doing those types of campaigns. And I'm the first one that used to laugh when they said billboards, but billboards have certain value in certain areas. I get why they're doing, but what I've been finding with these companies, exception like Loblaws, I'm assuming I haven't looked at their career site, they haven't really fixed a the problem. They're still putting out the message to the same people that would probably hear the message, but they haven't fixed it. When someone goes to the career site to apply, they can't even apply or they have yeah. difficulties or they apply and they never get a call back because it gets lost in the ATS. So I get it. Makes sense. Is there still people listening to the radio? I'm sure there is. There is value in brand building.
1: I love that you said that, Serge, because... That is exactly the point. You can throw all this money at it, advertise on the radio, TV, billboards, yet nobody stopped to look at how much your application process sucks. You drive all this traffic to your website and then they are like, what the fuck? Like why am I having to register and you're 15 minutes in and you still haven't clicked on apply fix that first. (laughs) Yeah. It's just ridiculous.
0: There's tons of candidates in your ATS and no one looks that first. The first thing they jump is, well, let's put radio that might work.
1: It it screams desperation. And it also, yeah, yeah, it does. I I believe it does other than Loblaws because they truly got it right. I will undertake doing a fake apply to see what their application process is like. So speaking of application processes, search, screening questions, we've talked a lot about that whole apply process. You see a job, you're going to apply for it. Is there a magic number of screening questions Or like how many is too many? I
0: think it varies. And I'll always go the less, the better. If there is a particular amount of information that you need, asking the least amount of questions to get to the answers you need is optimal, right? Because you don't want to slow down the application process and you want to get the info, but you don't want to turn off the candidate as well, my guideline has been three to five. Seems a good blend in there. And there's obvious questions that can help tremendously. Can you legally work in Canada? It can screen out a lot of candidates that can't work in Canada, but are applying to Canadian jobs. And that can be a challenge for a lot of organizations. We're seeing that right now. We're seeing companies that I've worked with that are are getting 40% of applicants from outside the country, which in some cases can be really good. Some cases, the immigration process can be quite challenging. And if you need someone in two weeks, that just doesn't work. There's those types of questions. Then there's questions Uh like for drivers, do you have your CDL or do you have your hearing can or your class one or your class three, those types of questions are really legit to me, but not basically what I'm saying, not a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. Screening questions are built again to make the person on the other side of the screen, whether it's a recruiter or an HR person, it's supposed to make your job easier, but I can tell you that for the most part, it doesn't like for as many times as a candidate will be gaming it and, and trying to anticipate, you know what, if I say no. To this question, then they won't look at my resume. And that's what they honestly think. So they will answer based on what they think you want to hear. More importantly, I'm seeing more candidates don't even bother answering your questions. As a recruiter, are you going to completely overlook them? Especially, and let's just say, class one driver. Are you not going to read that person's resume because they didn't answer your questions and jump through your hoops? How long does it take you to look at somebody's background as a driver? and are they class 1 or class 3 yes or no yeah why are we putting the barrier to apply in front of the candidate i think you need to ask the screening questions at a different part of the process no barriers to applying so what questions
0: um, should you avoid when it comes to screening
1: i don't think you should be doing screening questions at all unless unless you're screening them to then interview them Okay. As a candidate, I will answer your five questions as qualifiers. And if I say yes, I automatically am booked on an interview. Then I think it serves, but not in the application process.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around that because I can't interview everyone. I wish we could, but
1: can you? Somebody I... answered my five questions. Do yeah. you have a valid class one? Yeah. Can you provide a driver's abstract? Do you have at least one year commercial experience? If they said yes to those three things, I book two hours a week, you can be on a virtual call with somebody or telephone, and in three minutes or less, just verifying that you said yes to these three things. Great, let's move forward.
0: So, I was thinking in the context of most roles, drivers, you're bang on. And in a lot of cases, if they're answering those questions, you're picking up the phone and, and interviewing them right away, at least right. getting more information
1: for those roles. They're questions in order to book an interview time with yeah. you. But you're right. Unless you are absolutely on it and you've got somebody at the ready to call people back or to call them as soon as they apply, that would be the other option. The screening questions, ah, I think in this current market, get rid of them.
0: Yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm trying to really get an idea of when you look at the Indeed, one-click apply, the Zip, one-click apply. There's definitely benefit. It it removes all friction, but also it's created other challenges in the market because not right now, but overall, it's just increased how many applicants are coming through the flow, which has caused... Recruiters not being able to catch up, which has given a bad candidate experience. I don't think that is the
1: solution. If you are using Indeed Quick Apply or Zip Recruiter, Quick Apply, whichever, as your applicants come in, it is two clicks to sort applicants based on where they came from. So unless they're super sophisticated and they've hijacked a local virtual private network to make it look like they're applying from your local city. You can sort like this. It's two clicks. That's easy.
0: Yeah, you're making a lot of points today that makes sense, which is not very often. So <laughs> you must be really sharp today. No, I'm kidding. You're always sharp, Shelly.
1: I think you must have jet lag, Serge. Three hours ahead correct
0: i'm three hours ahead yeah i do feel like i have jet lag i've been in all-day meetings for for the last three days but living in in the job board world where job seeker experience and one clicks these are all discussions i'm having on a daily basis and i see a lot of data as the market shifts. so right now The uh, demand is way off, and I think that's going to even out in in the next year a little bit more. It'll be interesting to see what the shift is going to be when it comes to screening questions. We're seeing a lot of companies take them off. You made some really good points, especially for roles like a driver is the perfect example. If you don't have someone ready to pick up the phone and call when they apply, you're going to be too late. And there is quite a few roles like that. That's all on recruitment. But even if there's no screen question, how quickly you can get back to candidates right now is the one things that recruiters need to be on top of. As like a talent acquisition manager, you do have to set your team that they're in their ATS and there is someone in the ATS almost every single minute that's keeping tab of it. So when an applicant comes in, even if the other recruiters are, are yeah. doing interviews or whatever the case, someone is either looking at the resume, qualifying, disqualifying, and then moving on them right away. I think it's going to be really important this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you're not doing it, that's when your executive team is going to sit up and take notice. If you can't fill roles because you're waiting until the job posting date expires and then trying to call people, please. I don't know if anybody still does that. Like, but if you are.
0: Oh, Shelly, that happens all the time. You got to think, okay, we're talent acquisition professionals, but a lot of the recruiting is done by people that this is not their key part of their yeah, role. They're doing it
1: off the side of their desk.
0: They are waiting for that 30 days or 14 days or whatever the case That's is. Nuts. It happens all the time. I can tell you that firsthand.
1: Okay. So I, you made your bed, man. You go sleep in it
0: going I mean, um so shelly serge you gotta book her flight for breakfast right so
1: serge I mean, uh, we need to travel business class like it's a couple extra grand but a couple so extra worried.
0: grand a couple extra grand for seven hours are you Surge. do you like burning money shelly for
1: no reason what are you thinking? do you think ha- oh, honestly i don't know why you wouldn't like why would you want to travel and coach
0: It's seven hours. I can sit with the commoners for seven hours to save a thousand dollars. Come on, Shelly. Save
1: a thousand dollars. Serge, I don't know. Why don't you live a little, man? I'm just kidding. It looks like there's going to be more flights available. It seems like everybody I talk to is booking a flight somewhere. Holy smokes. Hey,
0: yeah. I flew to Montreal and Montreal was packed. The airport. Oh, I'm sure. And Moncton wasn't packed, but. I agree. How about we do this? So you go in your business class, I'll sit in with the herd of cattles and in the back and just bring me a mimosa. Like that's all I need. (laughs) Just bring me a mimosa, like get two. Oh yeah. And then just pretend you're going to the washroom and bring me one. And I'm good. Like I'm not tall. So there's plenty of leg room.
1: (laughs) I think every single flight is going to be packed. I, I sent you some selections, so let's book it and let's head off to breakfast in July you'll give me your credit card number or just, can I just call die and get it?
0: Just, just call and call die and uh, get the credit card number and, book and, it. and oh, get her just,
1: approval. How about, know? How, about you, how
0: about you just book it under yours? And I promise I'll pay you back. I okay. promise. Okay. Yep. <laughs>
1: I, yeah. I know where to find you. I know where you live. <laughs> I'll just go wait in your driveway. Where's my money.
0: Yeah. You're, you're quite intimidating. <laughs> awesome. So that might scare me. So have okay, a fantastic weekend, problems. Shelly. Thank you. Thank you audience.